Welcome back to another installment of our special Ithaca Fantastic Fest 2016 coverage here at the Cinephile Delinquents. My name is Byron Bixler, one half of the Cinephile Delinquents crew. And uh, so once again, I'm here to expand on whatever thoughts I'm going to put down in the article itself uh, for the four films that I watched today downtown at Cinemopolis. So I'm just going to talk about the experience itself and um, some expanded thoughts. Uh, So... The festival, first of all, has uh, one more day left. By the time this is posted, it will be Sunday. Uh, and uh, that's too bad. It, I'm having a really good time down there. And uh, it's really, really cool to see all these different films from around the world. And uh, some of them are really, really great. Um, a lot of them are really good. At least most of them are at least positive. So uh, I'm going to miss it once it's, once it's over. Uh, but anyway, so my day uh, started at 4 p.m. with uh, I, Olga Hebnarova. Um, I was planning on catching the 2 o'clock uh, showing of Belief, the possession of Janet Moses, uh, but uh, wasn't able to make that. So still I was able to make four films, and this first one uh, was a Czech film, I believe, and it's a, it's a drama. It's not a horror film in any way unless you want to classify it uh, I mean, I guess you could sort of considering the subject matter. So this is this is a black and white period piece uh, based on a true story. Uh, the story here concerns the title character Olga Hepnarova. Hepnarova, I, I believe I'm saying that's the way they said it in the film. Hepnarova, um, who in 1973 uh, drove a truck into a group of innocent people in Prague, uh, killing many of them. I can't remember the exact number. But um, she was 22 at the time, and uh, so the film is basically following her for a number of, I'm not really sure how many days it it is, it's at least a couple weeks uh, leading up to this event, and um, so we follow her character around, and it's it's an art house character uh, study. So it's based solely on her. We don't really get much insight into the people around her. Um, And she's kind of an impenetrable character. She's hard to really get into her mind. Um, And the approach this film takes is is pretty cold, um, I guess, to fit with her, because she is, is a very pessimistic person. She's very closed off from society and in some ways just shuns it completely. Um, there are some, there are a few points in the film where she seems to try to integrate herself into uh, a broader social sphere, but she can't quite do it, and she's consistently frustrated with everyone around her and just wants to escape, and um, she says she's bullied. We don't really see a lot of that. Um, it becomes a big part of the trial later when she's talking about her reasoning for doing this act. Uh, but we only see one instance of her getting beat up by some kids, and we don't really know why. There's no context. It just kind of happens. Uh, but outside of that, it's mostly just her scowling and being frustrated with people around her in general. Um, so I don't know if I understand her any better. Um, I, I had never heard of this case going in, so it's not something I, I had a lot of familiarity with. So this film was just my total introduction to this. And uh, it's a pretty solid movie. I would say, I believe it played at Berlin. Uh, I would say it's formally interesting. Uh, a lot of 
a lot of long takes. Um, most of the time, the camera is locked down, not moving at all. So we get a lot of these tableau shots in which it just kind of sits there and observes a room as people move around in it. Um, and so in that respect, it's interesting to kind of pick apart what the director's doing. It is a clear vision. Um, visually, it's it's interesting, and it's the kind of movie that I, you could probably write a paper on if you wanted to, to pick apart its cinematography or uh, its other uh, formal aspects. But story-wise, uh, it's it's fine. Uh, it's pretty slow moving. It's not really based on story, really. Like I said, it's just the character. And so I, I thought this was this was uh, pretty solid, pretty solid. Um, it, I didn't get super invested in it in any way. I wasn't super uh, fascinated by it, but I think it's a solid effort. It doesn't it doesn't quite get as deep into her mind as you hope it will, but uh, it is definitely depressing. Um, and disturbing to an extent by the end of it you do feel kind of drained not because of a lot of activity but just because the subject matter is so heavy and this character is so uh, I already said negative but yeah negative just very heavily negative and just the way she carries herself just kind of transfers to you in a way as a viewer because she walks around with her shoulders all slumped over and she constantly has this look in her eyes of just utter disgust and contempt and uh most of what we understand about her comes from her eyes because she really doesn't say that much and when she does um it's kind of low-key she only really blows up once or twice and it's very quick uh so it, it comes from her performance and uh, the actress who plays her let me see if i can find her name here um, oh, I'm going to butcher this name, but I'm going to try it anyway. Uh, Michalina Olsenska. Uh, she's, she's really good. Um, although it's, it's hard to say because again, she's not emoting a lot. It's mostly scowling, but, uh, you do get a lot just from her expressions. I will say that. So that's I, Olga Hepnarova. um, I don't know if it's going to be having an art house release later. I, I imagine it would. It seems like it, the kind of film that would probably play pretty widely. Well, not wide release, but you know what I mean. Um, kind of like uh, like Ida, but maybe I'm just associating those two because of the black and white. Anyway, so moving on, my second film of the day was the 6 p.m. screening, and this was of My Father Die. Uh, which is uh, the first film, I believe, from Sean Brosnan, who is the son of Pierce Brosnan. At least that's what I thought I read somewhere. Uh, yeah, he's the son of Pierce Brosnan. Uh, and uh, so this film is is kind of exploitation-y. It's basically a revenge film, really. Uh, it, it takes place in, I'm not really sure, the South or Appalachia or something. Uh, it I've seen it called Hicksploitation, in which you have a lot of rednecky characters, a lot of trailer trashy kind of characters. Um, and the the plot is essentially you have two brothers in the beginning, their father is an asshole, and he he kills one of them uh when he finds him like he's a teenager and he's he's uh I guess he's he's having sex with the woman his father is trying to court or something. Uh, it was a very quick scene in the beginning. 
uh, when she kills his brother. And then it jumps forward something like 10 years. And, um, and uh, this main character, our main character, who is uh, deaf and mute since having his hearing knocked out at the age of 12 um, in this event, this uh, event that kind of acts as the catalyst, uh, he goes on a revenge uh, streak after he finds out that his father has gotten out of prison early. And that's kind of it. There isn't a whole lot else going on. There's a there's a childhood friend, uh, the woman from the first scene, I think it was her, who kind of joins the action, um, and she has a son, and she becomes kind of intimately involved in it. But uh, my whole experience with this movie was kind of hazy. Um, once again... Once again, I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. That's kind of the way I'm understanding. That's kind of the way it is um, for a festival, especially when you're covering it like I am. Um, you are in screenings for six to ten hours out of a day, just going from one screening room to the next. And as soon as that's over and you come back uh, to your place, you just sit down and write the article and record like I'm doing right now and all of that. And, uh, of course I'm a student, so I have work as well. And so I found myself staying up into the mornings the last couple of days. So, um, there's always at least one film every day that I get kind of drowsy toward. And this was that film today. So, uh, I was, I found myself just kind of drifting in and out of, uh, sleepiness throughout this thing, uh, just finding my eyes closing without realizing they're closing and stuff like that, just fighting to stay awake, stay engaged. Uh, and that didn't really happen with I, Olga, like a little bit here and there, but, uh, it did happen here. And it's weird cause it's not a slow movie. It's, it's pretty energized and it's a thriller. It's a thriller. So there's a lot of violence and crazy stuff going on, but, um, I just, didn't find it that interesting. I think the the plot was pretty uh, generic. The characters aren't that interesting to dig into. Um, there are all these whispery, pseudo-poetic voiceovers by the, the main character um, coming from his voice as a child uh, where he's talking about the father-son relationship and there are all these little small interludes in which it cuts to a, a classical painting, like it'll cut to that painting of, uh, I think it's Mercury devouring his sons, um, stuff like that, where it's like uh, a father uh, attacking his son or like someone being beheaded or something like that, a lot of violent classical paintings. Um, but I really feel like ultimately this movie is not as profound as it seems to think it is, I think it is really just a straightforward exploitation thriller action movie kind of thing, which the main thing it has going for it is its style. Its visuals are kind of interesting. Um, the Yeah, its visuals, that's kind of it. Its visuals are, are every once in a while kind of interesting in the way that they'll frame things. Um, and the whole aesthetic is kind of... Uh, is kind of trashy and uh throw everything in the wall at the wall in the same way that the characters kind of are and so from that point of view it's kind of cool but for the most part I, I was pretty apathetic towards this and it comes to the this big climax between the father and the son that I just I didn't really care about that much that's just me personally though again 
I, I was tired, so that might have played a role in this. Uh, so I should I just move on from that one. I, if I were to try to say anything more, I would basically just be rambling, which I already kind of am. But anyway, that's what this is all about. This is this is all uncut stuff. I'm just talking into a microphone right now, um, off the top of my head. So uh, the third film I saw was the 8 p.m. of Safe Neighborhood, and this was my favorite film of the day. Uh, we bus going by outside sorry um they brought on the the director of the film to uh come and talk about it afterwards and do a Q&A and that was really cool um but the, for the film itself I have a hard time talking about it in detail without spoiling because it's the kind of story where it's it's kind of a bait and switch kind of story where it um it sets up going one way and then at some point near the end of the first act takes a turn I'll just say that it takes a turn and starts doing something else and that's not in a bad that's not a bad thing at all this works this movie really really works and it keeps you on your toes in a way that I haven't really encountered in a while in a what's is it a horror movie it's a horror thriller kind of thing uh you're gonna see the premise if you look it up the premise is basically a, a babysitter and uh, the person she's staying with, who I think he's supposed to be 14, 15, something like that, um, which I was a little surprised. I thought he, was, he seemed a little too old for a babysitter, but um, she's only like a couple of years older than him. But so she goes to stay with him. It's set during Christmas time. His parents go out to some event somewhere and uh, leave them behind. And very soon it seems like there's some home invasion stuff going on. There's like creepy stuff going outside and uh, weird phone calls and like knocks at the door. And uh, it very quickly is apparent that something is wrong. Someone is trying to get inside. And uh, then something else happens, which I'm not going to say. Um, and don't even try to guess it. You're not going to get it. Um, it's, it's pretty surprising. Uh, something else happens. And then the whole movie shifts into a very different mode and it just becomes even more interesting and the whole movie just throughout seems to keep on it is continually in a um is continually in this mode of trans transformation it's constantly transforming itself and um going in directions you wouldn't expect it to and it, it perfectly balances really creepy disturbing elements with some really funny lines to break up the tension. Uh, it handles its violence in a really great way in which you have a couple scenes of of bloodshed, of just ugly killing, or in a couple cases, gore. But it's not afraid to go there. Like, it, it lets you know at one point that, yeah, we're going to go to that place, but doesn't linger on that stuff it's not leering at the violence and the gore as if it's just salivating over it it happens and it avoids the the details in a way that's kind of cool um a lot of films will either just completely cut away and disregard and won't go into the fact of what just happened but here they address it um there's a scene where something happens to someone's head that's kind of graphic but you you don't quite see it 
but at the same time, you get the full effect of, you get the full weight, let's say, of, of what happened, and you still have that visceral response to it. Um, the way that, it, it's hard to describe, but the way that they play that out, the way that they visualize it still gives you that feeling that something immense just happened to this person, but it's not exploitative of the violence, which I really appreciated. Um, this coming the day after I talked about Headshot, which was all about that stuff, and I loved that movie. So anyway, um, yeah, I'm going to probably just cut it off right there. Um, I, I don't want to accidentally reveal something because this movie is best at seeing not knowing much. <clears throat> uh, apparently it's not the, the director afterwards was saying they were planning on it coming out I don't know, next year sometime, maybe like Christmas time of next year. So it's going to be a while before this thing comes out. Um, but when it does, um, I envy whoever's marketing it because it's, uh, like I said, it's a hard thing to sell. It's a hard thing to sell because it sets up one way and then goes another way. And so I'm not really sure how much they're going to show, how much they're going to hide on how they're going to hint at this movie in a way that's intriguing um but anyway when this does come out definitely keep this on your radar because this is a great movie it's it's dark and it's playful and it's funny kind of and disturbing at the same time um very very clever movie and uh, it goes to a lot of places you wouldn't expect it to and a lot of dark places you wouldn't expect it to and uh how would i describe this if i were to like if i were to throw a bunch of movies in a blender um let's say let's say home alone meets american psycho a little bit a little bit not that much just a drop just a drop or a dash of american psycho meets um hmm, maybe krampus just in tone i would say uh, there's no like supernatural monsters and stuff like that. You don't have you know an anti Santa Claus coming and taking people away. But the way that that movie plays around with plot is kind of similar to the way that this movie plays around with plot. The way it handles its characters and its humor is kind of similar in the same vein, but it's very distinctive, very different. So when this comes out, check it out. Very cool stuff. Uh, the last film that I saw today was The Autopsy of Jane Doe. And uh, this is from the director of Troll Hunter, which came out a few years ago. Very cool uh, found footage movie about trolls and people hunting trolls, if you couldn't tell from the title. Um, if you haven't seen that, uh, definitely look it up. That's, that's one of the better found footage movies out there. But so this is his American debut. At least I think it was filmed in America. I'm not sure. But so... This is his American debut, and uh, it's starring Brian Cox and Emile Hirsch, and they are both coroners, a father and son coroner team in a family business, who get a Jane Doe, a, a female body that is not identified, that comes from this house where there were all these, these murdered people found, uh, and then this one body was found in the basement, like half dug in the ground, and it's just completely pristine. There are no bruises or cuts or anything that would show drama but it's a drama trauma uh but it's a dead body and so the police bring it and they're like we have no idea 
what happened to this person, how they died. We need you to figure this out. We need you to get it to us by morning time because we need something for the press conference. And so uh, Brian Cox and Emil Hirsch batten down the hatches as a storm starts to roll in uh, and start working on this body. And as they work on it, strange things start to happen. Um, They start getting radio interference and uh, the lights are twitching on and off, SpongeBob reference. And, uh, and how, how, what else can I say? Uh, what other weird things happen? Um, they start finding strange things in the body that you would not ordinarily find in the body, stuff like um, trauma to certain organs that could not possibly be caused unless you had some horrendous trauma on the outside, just a lot of paradoxical things that don't make any sense. Um, and it becomes clear that there's something else going on with this body and what it might be attached to. Um, and I won't go much farther than that in terms of plot. It's the kind of movie where I don't think you would say there's a twist per se, but there is a reveal, I guess, in the third act of what the body is and what it's all about. So this was really cool. Uh, this, while not as good as safe, um, uh, I'm already forgetting what it's called. Safe Neighborhood. Um, Sorry. Uh, Not as good as that film, but this was very satisfying. This is so far, I would say, the scariest film uh, of the festival that I've seen, at least from my sensibilities. Again, everyone is afraid of different things, but for me, for someone who's afraid of the unknown and um, supernatural stuff, even though I don't believe in it, just supernatural stuff in movies creeps me out more than, say, serial killers or gore or whatever anything like that. Um, And this has a lot of gore, of course, because it's an autopsy. It's like breaking a body apart. And I saw a lot of people in the audience cringing hard at that stuff and just like covering their faces. And I was like, why are you, why are you coming to this movie? If it's, if, if you know, it's going to be an autopsy and, um, and a lot of the content is just cutting into flesh and breaking up pieces of the body and just grotesque ways. I mean, anyway, that's a side note, but, um, so yeah, for me, this was the, this was the most scary, although I, I think it probably relies a little too heavily on the quiet, quiet bang thing, um, that Mark Kermode likes to talk about quiet, quiet bang, uh, a lot of jump scare kind of stuff. Um, although there are a couple moments where it's just, just creepy in a, in an atmospheric way. And I really like those moments the most, um, I won't go into details about them because, again, it'll probably reveal what happens in the film. But uh, this was very effective, I thought, and it was a really well-thought-out script. Even though it's not deep or anything, it is just kind of a straight genre exercise. It's not uh, its not straining to say anything particularly deep or profound. Uh, it, it's just a creepy movie. And as that, I think it succeeds... Um, I'm already looking. The reviews are kind of lukewarm. Whatever. It's it's fun. I think I think it's very satisfying. Uh, it's it's the kind of movie that I feel like could play wide, but apparently it's only playing limited. Um, another bus outside. I don't know if you can hear that. Anyway, uh, yeah, this movie was very satisfying. Brian Cox is great. Emil Hirsch is great. Um, they were there. Yeah, you don't see a lot of good, like really strong performances in movies like this, and. They were both terrific together. I always love Brian Cox, especially. Um, 
And the premise itself is really neat. Even if it didn't work, the premise itself is enough, would have been enough to get me to watch it. But the way they play it out, um, it's, it's a tight script. All the elements come together. There are a lot of great plants of things that come back later in interesting ways and in ways you wouldn't expect. Um, I keep hesitating to say something in particular to give a detail. Um, uh, well, let, okay. Well, let's just say there's a, there's an animal in the film that is introduced. And as soon as you see it, you know, whenever you see like a pet in a horror movie, you immediately think, Oh, that thing is going to die at some point. Oh, I don't, I'm not looking forward to that. Um, but uh, you know, so that I sh- that that wouldn't be a spoiler. But so this this pet is introduced early on, and then it comes back later in a crucial moment, and you kind of think that's the end of that, and it is concerning that animal. But there's something that goes on with what happens to that animal that's kind of analogous. That's something that, that happens later, um, thematically speaking, something that has to be done. Um, and that's as far as I'm, I feel like I'm really tiptoeing around it here, uh, and I don't like that. So I, I should probably just cut this off. I'll just leave it at this. Um, this movie's very tense. It is relentless, I would say, uh, and it's also really interesting. It's kind of a procedural in the way that, in addition to being creepy, it is about problem solving and questions and answers, and just these two characters trying to pick apart this big question and figure out what is behind this mystery. And so while it is scaring you and putting it on, on putting you on edge, it's also got your mind going and it's also got you engaged in that way of trying to figure it out along with the characters. And I love that aspect. I love movies, horror movies that can do both of those things, engage on two levels. And so that is the autopsy of Jane Doe. Uh, when it comes out, again, I think it's limited, so you might just have to wait for Netflix for this one. But uh, if you're a horror fan, if you like supernatural stuff, uh, and you like more procedural stuff as well, definitely look look into this. This is a cut above your average horror movie. Um, and I I was personally very satisfied by it. So that pretty much wraps it up for today. I skipped the midnight show just because I needed to get back here earlier. Um, I have a lot of stuff to do. Don't need to get into all that anymore, though. Uh, so um, I will be going to the final day tomorrow uh, or today. If you're listening, it will have been it will be Sunday when this goes up, of course. So I plan on seeing four movies. It might just be three, depending on if I, I skip the the 2 p.m. show, which is a secret screening that's got me really curious. They're they're doing a screening of something that they're not telling us what it is, so that makes me really excited to go. But uh, depending on how long I'm up tonight doing work, I may or may not skip that. I don't know. But uh, in addition to that, uh, they are showing Another Evil and The Master Cleanse, which is which stars one of the guys from The Big Bang Theory. I don't watch that show. I just recognize his face. Um, I think if I'm wrong, completely disregard that. But, uh, and then it closes with train to Busan, which played at can not in competition, but it played at can a Korean zombie movie, which looks super intense and just a lot of fun. I love Korean genre movies. They, they know how to do it over there. So that will close it out. And then I will be sad because then I have to go back to work. Uh, for a number of days before finally getting into 
Thanksgiving break. But so uh, I will see you again uh, when I post the next one. Uh, Look out for that. And uh, thanks for listening. Bye.